Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Unpacking Articles within Unpacking Language Pedagogy. The topic of the article we're unpacking today is something that I actually wanted to research when I was a young graduate student, but for various reasons I ended up choosing something else. The topic is the use of the target language in the classroom. The article is called Understanding the Role of the First Language in Instructed SLA Effects of Using a Principled Approach to L1 in the Beginner Foreign Language Classroom. Before we move on, let's talk a little bit about terminology. You notice that the title of the article talks about the first language or L1. That's what the authors use and what is commonly used in many research articles. However, we cannot assume our students are monolingual, meaning that the target language is the L2 and that they happen to have an L1 singular. And we also cannot assume that they share the same first language. So I prefer saying shared or common language other than the target language. And I do understand that there may not be an additional shared language in some contexts. For the purposes of the study we're unpacking today, there is indeed a shared language other than the target language, and it happens to be English. The goal of the article is to address whether using the target language more in the classroom results in more proficiency on the part of the students. In other words, the more target language, the better. And we have to consider both sides of the debate in terms of whether or not we should use the target language exclusively or whether there is room for other languages. On the one hand, we know that acquisition depends on input and therefore we need to give students as much input in the target language as possible. Nobody would argue with that. But on the other hand, it's true that monolingual first language acquisition is not the same as what we're doing in the classroom. And in fact, it's not even the same goal. We want our students to be multilingual. And so why are we trying to replicate this monolingual environment? Does it make sense to insist on the exclusive use of the target language, which would essentially mean that we are imposing monolingualism? After all, we know that it bilingual is not two monolinguals in one, as Grosjean said. What does research say about all this? So previous research on instructor use of the L1, or the shared language, showed that instructors do indeed use it, maybe about a third of the time, and using the L1 can be classified into two big categories, as Kim and Elder suggested core goals and framework goals. Core goals would be things directly related to language teaching. For example, instructors use it to explain grammar, sometimes to draw the learner's attention to form by presenting a contrast between the two languages. And framework goals would be things like classroom management. But none of those studies looked at the impact of L1 use on proficiency or on L2 development. Most of the previous research has only looked at how often it's used and for what purposes, but that's it. And so this study is trying to address whether using the L1 could facilitate L2 development. 
And I'll warn you right here that this study does have some major limitations that make it difficult to draw clear conclusions. But I do think it offers good food for thought. And I also think that it could perhaps inspire somebody to conduct further research. So let's unpack it. The participants were 52 undergraduate college students of Spanish. English was the first language for all students except for eight. These eight students were divided evenly between the two treatment groups. So it should not have affected the results. Plus, I think the fact that some students did not have English as their first language reflects the reality of the classroom. And in research, we call that ecological validity. The two groups being compared were one of them was the plus L1 group, where the instructors received training on how to use the L1 to maximize language development. And that's what the authors call a principled use of the L1. And the other was a minus L1 group, which, as you can deduce, it means that the instructors were not supposed to use the first language. They were told to use the second language almost exclusively. But now, how did they determine whether that was actually happening or not? Here's the biggest limitation of the study. The authors chose to do that through self-reporting at the end of the semester. The students and the instructors filled out a written report indicating the percentage of use based on their own perceptions, their own estimate of how often and for what they use the L1. So the presence of the first language was not strictly controlled, meaning that there were no recordings to show whether the percentage that instructors were reporting was indeed the reality of what was happening in the classrooms. And I understand that it would have been very challenging to record classes over 16 weeks, but to me, this is a big red flag and we're gonna come back to it when we interpret the results and talk about some of the other limitations. What I do like about this study is that they used a proficiency test as opposed to a more traditional explicit knowledge test, and I do really like that. They used the STAMP-4S, which is a proficiency test developed by Avant Assessment, and many schools here in the U.S. use it. It is given through a computer, and the students have to perform some speaking tasks and some writing tasks. The test also includes reading and listening, but for this study, they only looked at the results for speaking and writing. And all of the participants took the test at the beginning of the semester, and then they took it again the last week of the semester. What did they find? They found that the proficiency level on average increased for everybody. All groups, plus or minus L1, went up one sub-level from novice mid to novice high, from novice high to intermediate low. And that was true for both writing and speaking. But there was a greater increase for the plus L1 group, the group where instructors used this principal approach to L1 use. So how could that be? One possibility that the authors offer is that the use of the L1 might have helped to lighten the cognitive load. In other words, it helps to process things a little bit easier for the students. 
In other possibilities in terms of explaining these results could be a more efficient use of class time on the part of the plus L1 instructors and perhaps the students felt less anxiety if they didn't have this pressure of staying in the target language. However, all this being said, we need to be very careful about drawing conclusions from the study, particularly with respect to this apparent advantage of the plus L1 group. I would go as far as saying that we should not focus on the advantage of the plus L1 group because of that red flag that I brought up earlier, the questionable reliability of self-reporting. If I had been one of the instructors in the study, I don't think that I could have reported accurately after an entire semester how often I used the target language versus the shared language. And why is that a big red flag? Because if we're not absolutely certain that there was a significant difference in the use of the L1 between the two groups, then how can we say whether it had anything to do with their greater increase in proficiency. What I did find interesting is that the presence of the L1 did not impede language development. I do believe all instructors when they said that they used the L1 and they probably used the L1 more than they claimed. And yet everyone made proficiency gains. That's about all we can conclude, that the presence of the L1 doesn't mean that students will not make proficiency gains. Of course, there's another limitation that the authors acknowledged, which is the fact that they only looked at speaking and writing. So we don't really know for sure the effects that L1 use would have on listening and reading comprehension. My takeaway from this article could be summarized as pros and cons. And by cons, I mean concerns. My concerns have to do with possible misinterpretation of the results. Just because the plus L1 group made greater proficiency gains, we cannot conclude that the more L1, the better. And the authors are not advocating for translating everything you say in class. The authors are talking about a principled use of the L1. And that is indeed the pro I see in this article this invitation to move away from thinking that if we use the L1 for anything at all, we are somehow depriving students of learning opportunities. And this quote from the article summarizes it best. And it says, the growing body of evidence about the benefits of certain L1 uses in the foreign language classroom should be included in teacher development training in order to demystify its detrimental effect and help teachers understand the functionalities of the L1 as a learning tool while promoting quality exposure and use of the L2 in the classroom. And I really like that phrase, a learning tool. We need to start viewing other languages in the classroom as resources and not as unwelcome guests. Of course, the key is how. How can we validate and harness the benefits of a multilingual environment in our classrooms while still maximizing communicative engagement with the target language? At the very least, I hope we can all agree 
that using a language other than the target language is not something to be ashamed of. That's just my take on it. As usual, I encourage you to read the original and draw your own conclusions. Thank you for tuning in and until next time.